Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour, our favorite day of the week, probably yours too, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. From the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg, we appreciate you tuning in this afternoon. And boy, do we have a full show. Al Holder joins us a little later for Brandon. We're going to talk a little Southern Miss baseball, believe it or not. Uh, that's about to kick off again. Kelly Sander in the last half of the show as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and a great place to have lunch or dinner. They're open seven days a week. You can enjoy that delicious Dickie's Barbecue in-house. They'll deliver it to your house, or you can go through the drive-thru and just take it and eat it anywhere you want to enjoy it. But whatever you choose, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, just like that, in the blink of an eye, Southern Miss and Florida Atlantic is over. There will be no football game tomorrow afternoon. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us on the show. And, Heath, that news breaks last night. Uh, I think uh, Luke and I were conversing about it around 7 o'clock last night. Uh, Really disappointing, uh, COVID-19 related. Now, is this strictly COVID-19 on the part of FAU? Is it still a lingering problem with uh, the Southern Miss team as well? Well, I think COVID has hit Southern Miss. I mean, you look at a couple of positions, running back, maybe tight end, they're down to only a couple of – the depth is not there right now because of uh, injuries and COVID. But, yeah, this was Southern Miss was going to play. This is FAU having problems with COVID, and they've had problems all – All year, yeah. uh, All year with this. This is not something that – is uh, new for them. So I'm just kind of wondering how they're not able to handle it like the other schools are. It seems like they're having a bad problem with handling it. Do they not? Is there not a bubble down there to, you know, the kids to be in? What are their protocols that are messing up? Um, you know, you watch them play against Charlotte and they look like a team Southern Miss could be. It's kind of upsetting that you're coming off a win like that, got a lot of momentum, the kids are riding high, but now you got a week off. But yet instead you got time for other guys to get healed up. It gives Tim Jones another week to get back. How dangerous is that to add to that wide receiver core? So I guess you kind of have to take – you kind of have to look at the good side of it. But really all in all, Southern Miss wants to play this weekend, but – all right. They say that you They say the game is postponed. Luke Johnson, you're telling me before the show you're looking down the schedule. Where would you see the possibility of this game being rescheduled? Well, the only way in the world that Southern Miss will get this is if they uh, they cancel the November seventh North Alabama game. One one thing that popped up to me is that FAU plays uh, Western Kentucky on November the seventh. Western Kentucky plays us the next week on November 14th. So you've got three teams uh, that have a common date in there. But Southern Miss, uh, North Alabama would be really the only game you can scrap. 
Golden Eagles had, you know, of course, week two off, and so the rest of the way you've got a game every week. You wouldn't think you wanted would want to cancel the Liberty game on October twenty fourth. So yeah, it's got to be some kind of uh, possible workaround with Western Kentucky, FAU, Southern Miss, North Alabama, or there may be some other team out there that that has uh, kind of dates like that. But it's going to be hard, you know. But they're calling this one postponed. That, that's what they call Jeremy McLean in his statement yesterday. Uh, he said we will work with Florida Atlantic and Conference USA to reschedule this game for later in the season. So they're not calling it a cancel; it's a postponement and looking to reschedule it later in the year. All right, uh, Heath. What are your uh, What are your viewers and your participants on the Big Old Nation saying? I'm sure a lot of disappointment. Well, they're disappointed. They wanted to see a game, especially after I was talking about the momentum. Um, you know, people want people want to see football, man. With everything that's going on in the world. These weekends where you got football on, it's just an escape, and people look forward to it. And when your favorite team's not playing, you know it, it's uh, it's a downer a bit, especially when it's not an off week. It's a it's a postponement. But Luke, I, I might would add, what about if Conference USA? You know, there's other games that probably are going to need to be made up. What about if they set the Conference USA championship game a week back and had make up games during yep, that? Yeah, they could do that. They could. Yeah, I don't uh, think there's any issue with them doing that, but um, don't you think that that decision would come much later than sooner based off the sundial that the conference office operates off of? <laughs> um, that and our esteemed leadership at the conference level, too. Let's not forget about that. Right. Um, yeah, so you're right, but I could see them doing that, especially if there's more than one game. And then, you know, if there's teams that have postponed – You'll have to look at the games that would matter in the standings if teams are bowl eligible, if it would make a difference uh, for a conference championship for East of West Division crown. I think you'd have to judge it there as well. So, um, man, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I think, you know, I don't think Southern Miss would want to get away from the North Alabama game. You could use that for bowl eligibility, although North Alabama is a good team. Don't take them for granted. Um I don't see them wanting to get away with that, but I do see them, you know, moving the conference championship game back back a week and using that week to uh, to finish some games. Luke, you were involved in a cancellation of games during your career, right? They were hurricane related. Have I got that right? They were postponements. So yeah, that's my, what I mean, my junior yeah. year, the other day, I told you guys about how. Aaron Rodgers and the Cal Golden Bears were supposed to come week two, and that was a game we wanted to play because we had just beat Nebraska on the road on national TV, and we are about to play Cal at home on national TV, and Hurricane Ivan, which didn't even touch Mississippi, uh, Cal didn't come, and so we had to play that one the first weekend of, of December. Uh, and so, and that was before we had a conference USA championship game. But yeah, the, and then the very next year, of course, the Katrina game, Tulane got moved from the first game of the season to the last game of the season. So yeah, it just kind of messes with your mind a little bit, but nothing. Well, I guess the Cal game was like this. It happened the same, same week of, but I mean, you studied all week at Southern Miss, you put in uh, tape and practice on FAU and then. You find out, uh, you know, Thursday night, about forty-eight hours before kickoff, that you're not playing anymore. Yeah, Heath, I think this is the fifth game that they've missed. We had one of their uh, one of their media guys on the show earlier this week, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but I think they had missed four games. So I think this will be the fifth game that's either been postponed or canceled for Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I don't understand, man. I, look, I'm not a doctor. 
I'll admit that, and I'm not a pathologist. I'm not anything, but I just don't understand how they're having such a problem with this, you know, and other schools seem to be handling it. Of course, Rice is starting late, but I just don't see why they're having such a difficult time dealing with COVID. And you have to look, are their protocols not in place? Like Luke said, they just, what, let 19 people, uh, 19 positions were done away with at uh, FAU and the athletic department. It seems there's some upheaval or something going on there. Maybe all this ties into that a little bit, but uh, it'll be interesting to see the reports coming out of FAU here within the next few weeks, finding out why they're having to cancel so many games. Right. We should uh, report that Baylor uh, paused their football program uh, as of yesterday. Uh, for a couple of weeks because of COVID. Les Miles, the coach at Kansas, has revealed now that he has COVID-19. And I I read this morning, guys, that several SEC coaches have been threatened with fines for not following COVID guidelines uh, so far in the season. This whole thing, Luke Johnson, is just a huge mess. You got to commend everybody, though, for, for trying to plow through it. And with the you know with the the MAC and the Mountain West and uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 coming on board, it still makes those of us that were in the stubborn six look good. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is a mess, and I think part of the reason we've been able to uh, we we talked about this yesterday. Part of the reason we've been able to continue to plow through, as if the you know the CDC and some of the other government reports come out. Where uh, some of the things that the Big Twelve or the Big Ten had had been concerned about the myocarditis and some of that, not as a big deal as originally thought, uh, and they're they're doing a, a great job to be able to contain. It's going to be inevitable, and I'm surprised that Southern Miss made it four games before their game got canceled. I'm amazed that Southern Miss would have made it five games and not been you know on their end with any type of cancellation. So it's pretty amazing we made it this far. All right, 30 seconds left. Heath, your thoughts about the cancellation and how this affects uh, Southern Miss? Well, I think it affects them uh, in the sense that they really wanted to play the game this week, coming off momentum after last week. So many good things happened for Southern Miss last week. Uh, Steps were taken on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, It's just tough not to play the game, but, you know, you got to take – you know, sometimes you got to take chicken manure and make chicken salad out of it. So, um, you no, there's to, a thought. You can try. You can you can have that one. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but I'm just saying that sometimes you, you go back and uh, you work on some things. Oh, you can make it Tim Jones back fully, and you might be a little more dangerous going into Utah. All right, Heath, thank you. I'm not going to have lunch with you anytime soon after that comment, but I do. I do appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour on short notice, buddy. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. I'm going to chicken house. (laughs) He's hitting everybody, uh, preparing a chicken manure salad sandwich for later today. We're going to talk a little baseball. How about some fresh air, Luke? Let's talk about Southern Miss baseball. uh, Amen. Who better to join us uh, with that than Al Holder? We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Heath Hinton for joining us from Big Gold Nation. Talk about the cancellation of the FAU football game. Big disappointment for a lot of people tomorrow, but we're living in the age of COVID. So uh, as the uh, 
FAU guy told us the other day, we'll just take it one day at a time, and uh, Thursday was not a good day for Florida Atlantic. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They're right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. Six days a week, they're open with the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere in Mississippi. And uh, wherever you're listening today, you either need to stop by and say hello to them, or if you're listening out of state or out of town, you could go to campusbookmark.net. All right, we're going to talk about something very happy and positive, and that is that fall baseball starts this afternoon at Southern Miss. And, uh, boy, what a, what good news that is to hear. Who better to talk to than the old baseball guru himself, Al Holder? Uh, nobody uh, loves Southern Miss baseball more or follows them more, so we wanted to uh, wanted to get Al included on this. i tell you what, Alan, I'm pretty excited. 23 returning players 13 newcomers and some really high-talented kids, uh, new kids coming in. Uh, the Golden Eagles were 12-4 and four last year when uh, COVID struck, but you just got to believe that if COVID will go away and we can get back to a regular baseball season, the, the Golden Eagles are going to put a, a really good team on the field this year. That, that certainly is my belief. I, I, I would not be surprised to see us just be on a blitzkrieg. It's uh, – uh, it, of course, you know we can't stand any any injuries, but it looks to, uh, you know serious injuries. But it just looks to me like the depth chart has been enhanced for two reasons. One is we can bring all the the kids back, and secondly, because we can introduce all these these new players who uh, come, are pretty highly touted coming in. So that right. should be an interesting year. Yeah. Eight starters back from last year, fifteen pitchers back from last year. Matthew Gidry really. Really, the only starter that was lost, a great player, but again, only one. And Luke, you're really, really high uh, on some of these new kids, including Slade Wilkes from Columbia. Tell us a little bit about this guy. Yeah, two two exciting hitters coming in, uh, freshmen. Slade Wilkes uh, is an is an outfielder from Columbia, Mississippi. He uh, he played at Columbia uh, Academy, and he's a guy that uh, probably would have got drafted. Uh, you remember this past year, the MLB MLB draft was only five rounds because of COVID. So as a junior um, at Columbia Academy, he hit twelve home runs. Uh, lots of power, hit 414 with, with 29 RBIs. That's in 29 games. And then he played some this year as a senior, played in 10 games. In 10 games, he hit six home runs and had 12 RBIs. And so he is, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm using this name kind of loosely. Um, I'm not a direct comparison, but he has like Bryce Harper like tendencies with, you know, how he swings and some of the power. Uh, he is a very, very, very powerful hitter. Uh, Kelly told us the other day he was ranked actually fifth uh, by perfect game nationally as uh, the fifth best national prospect coming in. They had him in Mississippi as the number two overall uh, prospect from Mississippi, the number one outfielder. Slade Wilkes uh, is a guy coming right up the road and, and keeps his commitment to Southern Miss. One more guy um, to to talk about, Carson Pato. He's from Van Cleve, Mississippi. He'll be an outfielder also, 6'3", 200. Daniel Best, the former closer for Southern Miss, is his coach down there, and and uh, their 2020 season was cut short. But as a junior, uh, Peto hit 430 with 36 RBIs and five home runs in 28 games. So there is some power coming in to the outfield, and when you think about who who's also back there, uh, of course, Montenegro returns. Uh, Reed Tremble um, is back there. Fisher Norris is back there. 
the depth on this team, apart from the fact that the roster has gone, you know, expanded some, uh, it should be really exciting. And you know, we're going to have Coach Barry on Monday to to tell us a little more about it. Also, now Al on the mound, we've got uh, Walker Powell coming back, senior pitcher Gabe Shepard's coming back, Ben Etheridge, uh, the freshman from last year. It, you would think that unless someone breaks through, that this would be the first time and maybe a long time that we we can kind of see who the starting uh, weekend rotation might be. Yeah, I think you could go put those one, two, three right out of the chute. The uh, uh, it's going to be interesting, you know. From a to, to somebody, I saw somewhere where Stanley uh, may work his way into the starting rotation. Uh, I don't know, you know, whether that's going to be an eventuality or not. But but uh, that would be very interesting too. He apparently has been doing some uh, uh, some starting here in, in uh, summer ball. And so that that would be kind of an interesting uh, phenomenon to to have him in the starting rotation and maybe move somebody uh, else back as as the back end in relief. Yeah, the depth- they had actually Al. They, they had actually talked about uh, this past year Stanley starting the midweek, getting four or five innings in, and then he could work possibly Friday, be available Friday or Saturday out of the bullpen, and then you know he would rest on Sunday. But. Yeah, that was an intriguing prospect that, that never came up. And when you think about also pitching depth, Ox back, Drew Boyd, hopefully finally 100%, 100%. Tyler Spring came back also. He was the graduate transfer from Mississippi State. He's back too. It just seems like so yeah. much depth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just, and, and it's, uh, that, that's what gets me excited is, uh, it, it seems like toward the end of the year, a lot of times we kind of run out of gas because we run out of depth in, in, and uh, it's so difficult to get through that first uh, uh, that first series, that uh, postseason, where you just eat up pitchers. And uh, but if you ever get to that second uh, uh, level, uh, you know, right? You just really you don't use up as many pitchers, and you got less games. And and uh, then if you've got a really good starting four or five in there, you can just dominate. So. Uh, that, but I think this year we're just kind of set. I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing who uh, replaces Gidry because he was kind of the heart and soul of, of that ball club, and uh, just kind of a, be, be interesting to see who play, replaces him. I think your your freshman from uh, from West Jones too, Dickerson. Uh, you got you got to believe uh, Luke. He'll be improved this year too with a season under his belt. Mm-hmm. What was so amazing about Dustin is he was hitting. He started hitting Rose's average above three hundred, and you were expecting him to be like a two sixty, two seventy guy. His defensive glove was already there, but he hit so well. Will McGillis is back. Danny Lynch is back. Uh, Charlie Fisher was your DH last year. Billy Garrity from Summerall, who was unbelievable in high school. He didn't get you know he he didn't play much in the first few games, but I mean I just. It's a it's a good problem to have. Uh, I hope that you know baseball doesn't turn into football in the transfer portal. I just wonder where the, how they're going to have enough spots. But there is crazy power coming in. There's crazy average coming back. I mean, you, you just got to be grinning if you're Scott Barry. <laughs> you're grinning, aren't you, Al? Just talking about uh, it. I, I am grinning just thinking about it. But uh, if, if you've got enough right left, you know you can alternate your lineups. Give people enough uh, swings up there, uh, simply depending on who's uh, who's on the mound for the opposing team, and uh, so it's more like the major league clubs where you can swap these guys out a little bit, and uh, that that would be real beneficial. So, 
Yeah, you know, I've, I've thought in recent years that there were many seasons where if you looked at position players, Southern Miss was as good as anybody in the country. Uh, and But the difference always – it's always pitching depth. The teams that, that make it to Omaha every year, the ones that get through the Super Regionals and the Regionals, it seems to me they're the ones that have, at that point of the year, the most pitching depth left. Mm-hmm. You agree with yeah, that? It, I agree. It, 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 think of the, the times that we have talked about uh, when the, when some of these kids, they get drafted and, and the pitchers in particular, and they leave, and we think the next year, if we had just had those kids from right. you know, the ones that were drafted the year before, well, what, what a dangerous ball club we would have been. And uh, So I think that the, a lot of times the, the secret is to keep them for four years because they've got experience uh, and, and uh, they, they, they know how to pitch. And uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens. I think it's uh, I think it's got a chance to be a banner year for sure. I think so. Look, I, I'm going to go ahead now and say uh, the biggest uh, competition in the league will be Florida Atlantic. There's a uh, a vegetable or a grain, I shall say, that lives out in Texas um, that I never overlook. The uh, the rice owls. <laughs> well, I yeah, you're I right. I don't ever want to overlook them. And you're right about but that. But yeah, right now, of course, uh, FAU got got to be up there. Right. Well, God, Luke, well, let me ask you this, Al, since you're our guest. We've got a minute left. Can you promise us here today that we're going to have a vaccine and this virus crap is going to be out of the way by the time baseball starts? Actually, I think we will have a, uh, an announcement on a vaccine in probably two weeks. I expect it before this uh, election is coming up. I sure hope and, you're uh, right. Uh, and I think that uh, by, by the time uh, you know, December rolls around, You'll, you'll hopefully will be you know in some sequence uh, of, of people that that need to get it. Uh, we'll all be able to go get scanned in line and go get us, particularly us old people like you and me. <laughs> exactly and, uh, right. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, guys, in, in it, some ways, guys, I think that the election is the vaccine. In some ways, maybe, oh boy. maybe. Well, I, we we just hope that. However it works out, it just gets behind us really soon. Guys, we were 12-4 and last year, just come from way behind to beat Troy when it all ended, and it's just very refreshing to hear that the guys are going to be back on the field starting this afternoon. One quick note, due to COVID-19, practices and scrimmages are not going to be open to the general public. But our guys are back on the field, and that gives us some optimism and something to be hopeful for. All right, Alan, thank you for your time, man. Have a good and safe weekend, brother. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. All right. Al Holder, everybody, our baseball guru up in Brandon, a guy that truly, truly loves Southern Miss baseball. All right. We're going to catch up with Kelly Center. We've got another half to go. We've got our Conference USA picks, other things to talk about as we wind down the road on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I hope you're glad it's Friday. I sure am. and Glad to have you along with us on the Eagle Hour third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. You missed Catfish Friday if you did not eat at 4th Street today. They had fried or grilled catfish with cold slaw, hush puppies, fries, <laughs> and uh, you got a drink with that all for eight ninety five. 
Uh, they also have tuna and grilled shrimp, and uh, Slade just says simply they have those because they are just simply delicious. Uh, they got Major League Baseball and NBA playoffs are on today, and, of course, uh, they will have the Weather Channel on for hurricane updates. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, Southern Miss Memorabilia, pool, and great food. Go see them on Fourth Street in Hattiesburg. Kelly John Sander joins us now as Bob and I are in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Had a Al Holder on previous segment, Kelly, and he, he just wanted us to tell you that he, he wasn't eating applesauce today, but he had ordered just now uh, a 24-pack of Insure for you, so be looking for it out there at the Castle at Cambridge. Chocolate, well, and, and I wasn't I wasn't really sure. I had to do a double-take. I was just looking at some personal stuff on Al, and his social security number, that's his social security number. I'm not saying Al is old, but his social security number is 000 zero 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 one two. You guys are terrible about poor Al. Well, you guys are terrible about poor Al. You know, I heard Luke talking about uh, Fourth Street, Kelly, and I'm just going to say this. I want my old world back, don't you? I'm tired of this COVID stuff. Yeah, in fact, uh, I was uh, texting back and forth with uh, Coach Ladner. Of course, anytime I text, it's about a half-an-hour ordeal as I hunt and peck. But Coach Jay Ladner is going to be on the show next week, and he said, uh, please tell me we're going to be doing the show at Fourth Street. And I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. He said, well, doggone. He said, I wanted to eat there and then, yeah. then do the show. So, yeah, we've got Coach Ladner next week. We've got Scott Berry next week. We've got uh, Russ Anderson next week. Uh, we, we've got a really packed week coming up next week. Well, you get the varsity for sure if you you know listen to the evening if you see the missing. All right, I wanna, I get, guys, get into this topic. You guys were talking about the coaching search at USM, according to some publication. I'm I'm really not up to speed on. It. I want to hear what you guys can report. Well, footballscoop.com is reporting that something really that Jeremy McLean has already told us here in the Eagle Hour, that a coaching search, if there's going to be one, will not really start in earnest until early November or perhaps the middle of November. And no agency has signed on board to help the coaching search at this point. Of course, he wants to give every opportunity for um, Coach Scotty Walden to, to earn taking the interim label off and making him the head coach. But according to footballscoop.com, they've mentioned that a couple of names that have been bantered about, Will Hall, the offensive coordinator at Tulane, they thought would be too expensive for um, Southern's budget. And Pete Golding, who is the defensive coordinator at Alabama, who formerly coached at Southern Miss, that he would be, of course, he's making more money now as the D.C. than he would make as the head coach here. But other Alabama ties, Alabama running backs coach Charles Huff has been listed as a potential candidate and someone that might have interest in the Southern Miss job. Former uh, Southern Miss coach Tyrone Nix, of course, who is now at the, he's the defensive coordinator at Texas San Antonio. Former Southern Miss coach Buster Faulkner, who is now in quality control at the University of Georgia. And co-defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, Chris Partridge. Those were some of the names that came up of people, you know, without necessarily extensive head coaching experience. But when you get into guys with uh, with pretty noticeable resumes that uh, could potentially be interested, but if and only if Southern Miss could sweeten its financial pot a little bit, would include Mike McIntyre, who was formerly the coach at Colorado State and then went on to Florida, and uh, he hasn't been a head coach in a while. Butch Jones was men- mentioned former Cincinnati coach and the University of Tennessee coach, who is now so, now also in an advisory staff at the University of Alabama. And, of course, Hugh Freeze, 
who's now the head coach at Liberty. And Southern Miss will get a uh, sample of uh, Hugh, Fris- Hugh Freeze's uh, Liberty Flames yeah, team a little bit later on sure. this year. All right, now, we've talked about Hugh Freeze, but Luke, I'm fascinated to get your take on Tyro Nix because I know you played for Coach Nix. He's a motivator. Um, he will get you ready to play. And he's just kind of been a guy uh, that he was a finalist when, when Jay came in, and he's had some other looks. You, you, you just never know where guys are. He's in his first year as a D.C. at, at – uh, at UTSA, and and I, I think that the the fan base is kind of mixed on on Tyrone. You you think that Coach Nix, from people that uh, knew him when he was under uh, Coach Bauer, uh, understood the attack mentality and and coming after and the pressure and the intensity. Um, and then some people say, well, look recently what he's done. He was in the SEC and then he he floated around a little bit, and so. Uh, is he over, you know, just objectively speaking, people out there say, well, you know, is he past his uh, coaching prime? What what type of head coach would he make? Is he more of a coordinator? But, uh, yeah, my experiences with Tyrone Nix, I mean, I, I loved him, and, and he, was, he was a joy to play for. You felt like he had your back in everything. Kelly, are the, you think the consensus of opinion among the fan base, which I guess ultimately, with all due respect, is not what – it, the decision is going to be based on, but uh, it, it, you think the majority of fans want to get away from "quote unquote" Southern Miss guys and go for these these young, flashy coordinators or you know coaches, assistant coaches? You, you think that's the consensus of opinion? I, I don't. I don't know, Bob. I don't know about that. Um, of course, the, the ultimate decision is always. Not just in this situation, but always in everything in life. We've talked about that. What does it come down to? Money, money, money. Money. That's it. You know, so, so if you determine what you can pay, all right, then you can weed out certain candidates because they're just not going to work for that. You know, I wish we were all in a situation where we, where we refuse to work for half a million dollars a year. Right. You know, um, which in Hattiesburg in particular can go a long, long way. Right. But that's that's the first hurdle that has to be cleared. It's okay, what does it pay? All right, then then you're gonna see what type of I I me personally, and again my own opinion, I don't necessarily care if they, they have Southern Miss ties. I just want somebody that's hungry, somebody that, that wants to prove themselves. And again, if 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 he or she or whatever you know, wants to come in here and, and do a great job for three or four years and then move on to the next level, I am completely fine with that, as long as they leave the program better off than, than when they started. How important is age, That's Luke? where you're at. That, that's where you're at. Yeah, that's Stay where you're at. How, how important is age, Luke? I think where we're at, the the younger the better. So I think someone where you're looking is is in between the ages of, and I'm doing this to include Scotty Walden because I want him to be a potential candidate. I want him to be a candidate between 30 and 40 or 30 to 42. I think that's where you're looking at. You want someone on the rise. You want someone, just as Kelly said, if somebody's here four or five years later, you probably hired the, the, the wrong guy, unless it's Blake Anderson. Okay, Blake's really kind of defied that just because of the success that he's had. Uh, I, I do think there, there, there's a tendency for them to be more about offense, but there's no Southern Miss can't afford Pete Golding. He, he makes 1.1 as a coordinator at Alabama. Now, everyone has an ego and everybody wants to be a head coach, but you're not going to do that. Here's the thing. Let me just throw it again with Scotty Walden. 
You can get Scotty Walden uh, if it works out. And, I mean, if he's the guy that you want, you can get him for probably where you pay Jay Hobson. And then you can beef up your assistant pool. And then you're going to have, you're, you're, you're paying people more. And I, if you, you know, if you freeze enters the conversation, you've got to beef up the head coaching slot. And, and really, a lot of the guys, you got to beef up the head coaching slot and you've got to beef up other people. I do think, though, if it's not Scotty Walden, they're going to have to come up with money where you're going to have to pay a guy seven, seven fifty, eight, eight fifty to get somebody that will have immediate success on the field. It's just it's not reasonable to think that you can pay somebody. And the reason Southern Miss got spoiled is because Jeff Bauer made two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for most of his career, which is just that was the greatest deal of all time in in college football. No question. And Kelly, Luke makes such a great point about assistant coaches. I contend that uh, Jay Hobson throughout his tenure here was handicapped by not having the money to hire the type of assistance that he needed. Yeah, there were stories out there that, that on recruiting trips, there were times that assistant coaches had to dig into their own pockets for a meal or, or for a hotel room, you know, just, just to be able to, to see the recruits that they wanted to see, and there just wasn't enough money there to be able to pay for those things that other schools, you know, take, take for granted. So and and you know the the request or the the expectation that the head coach should make seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred thousand that Luke was talking about is not unreasonable. Keep in mind that when Jay Hobson was the coach, he was already uh, at the bottom of the rung as far as pay goes for head coaches in in Conference USA. So you, that would lead you to believe that probably among all Division One schools, he was at or very near you know the bottom of the rung. So that request in the general scheme of things, is not unreasonable. Right. Well, I'll say forever that all of what's happened was not squarely on the shoulders of of Coach Hop. I I think he did as good a job as we could have expected under the circumstances, and uh, I I hope a lot of people agree with me about that uh, as, as we move forward. All right, when we come back, it's time to do our Conference USA picks. It's easier these days because it seems like every week some of the games are not being played. That's the case this week. Nevertheless, we've got five matchups to talk about when the Eagle Hour continues. segment of the week brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with your next vehicle purchase, and they're a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, happy to have you with us on this Friday. Again, no football game tomorrow. Uh, maybe you didn't hear that. I don't know why you wouldn't hear that, but no 3 p.m. kick for Southern Miss and FAU. Eagles get a bye week uh, and get to practice a little more, a little rest. FAU unable to make the trip because of 
COVID issues. Uh, we, we didn't bring this up. Before we get to the picks, just a, a, a statement. Jody Lott actually sent me an email uh, or a, a screenshot, I'm sorry, of a tweet yesterday from Brett McMurphy. Florida Atlantic eliminates 19 positions in athletic department and eliminates unspecified number of unfilled positions. So not just dealing with COVID down there in Boca, and you know you you don't want to say that that had anything to do with this decision because they did test yesterday, but found it interesting now some of that we've been seeing in some of the other conferences uh, now affecting Conference USA. <laughs> Let's get to our Conference USA pick. So Eagles and the Owls not playing tomorrow, but like Bob said, we do have a few matchups. First game tomorrow, UTSA, the Roadrunners on the road out in Provo, Utah, taking on the 15th-ranked BYU Cougars. Kelly Sander. I'll take COVID by seven. <laughs> I mean, COVID's going to win about every game this year. No, the Cougars are really good, uh, and they're going to have to be on the road a lot next year because these these a lot of these teams that are going out there uh, to play them, you know, they're going to have to return that favor. UTSA is definitely on the, on the move upward, but they can't beat you. Uh, BYU, especially out there. I think that's right. I think a little more reality sets in for uh, San Antonio. BYU wins it going away. Yeah, BYU really took it to Louisiana Tech last week, and so I, they're, they're a 34-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. They, they might cover. 3 p.m. kick, Middle Tennessee 0-4 at Florida at International 0-1. It's in Miami. Panthers a six-point favorite. I guess Coach Stock's still fighting for his job. Kelly. Um, I, I think that that's already been determined. I think the Blue Raiders are in for a long season, and I think they'll have a new head coach next year. They will not win on the road at FIU, and I think FIU covers. But, but the Blue Raiders are just—they're just not good. They're yeah. just not good. Uh, another another team. This we're halfway through the football season. They've only played one game. I, I think Florida International wins easily. Yeah, Middle Tennessee, I think doubting themselves at 0-4, and you go on the road, Florida International will win that one. 6.30 kick in Ruston. I think this is the, the test of UTEP so far, the Miners on the road against Louisiana Tech. Tech a 14-point favorite. Kelly? I mean, I, I get a kick out of, you know, of course, UTEP, as we've documented on this program, UTEP is the most sought-after social media uh, property in Conference USA, meaning their properties get more hits than anything else. And man, are they excited about the start they've had! But, but uh, things come to a screeching halt tomorrow in uh, in Ruston. I like the uh, I like the Bulldogs. I'd really like to get on that UTEP bandwagon because they've suffered for so long, and I think they are going to have a better year this year than they've had in some time. But I'm with Kelly. I think Tech's a little too much at home. One thing you do hope is that UTEP doesn't win because if UTEP wins, Southern Miss, woo, get ready for the Miners next week. But I yeah. think Louisiana Tech uh, will win and they'll improve to three and one. Best team in Conference USA, probably right now playing on the road tomorrow night, six thirty kick up in Bowling Green. The thundering herd of Marshall two and zero take on Western Kentucky one and two. Marshall a touchdown and a half point favorite. Kelly Center. Yeah, Western Kentucky is one of those weird teams. Just when you think that they've turned the corner and that they might start getting better, they, they just have a dismal performance. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think either at this point, either Marshall or UAB uh, is the best team in Conference right. USA. I'll take, I don't know that they'll cover necessarily, but I'll, 
I'll take the thundering herd on the road. I'm personally happy that Western Kentucky's down. I remember how nasty their fan base was when uh, Todd yeah. Munkin was playing against them. Uh, Marshall wins handedly, and I'll enjoy every play of the game. Western Kentucky struggled down I-65 last week, only beat Middle Tennessee by three points. I think Marshall will cover, and I think – Man, I think they'll they'll maybe win by uh, maybe a touchdown, maybe fourteen or seventeen points. Uh, final game in conference USA, seven p.m. tomorrow night. Charlotte at North Texas. Charlotte zero and two, but had every opportunity to beat FAU last week. Charlotte is a three point favorite in Denton, Kelly. And I think they'll win by more than that. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from our Eagles. It was a great win last week at North Texas, but but there's just something amiss. They're in Denton. Um, things just aren't right. They're just they're not they're not clicking on any cylinders, let alone all cylinders. I will take uh, the Miners, who appear to be a little or the Niners rather, not the Miners. I'll take the Niners to win on the road. With all due respect to my Eagles, my beloved Eagles, North Texas is not a very good football team. I think Charlotte wins. Yeah, Will Healy gets his first win of the season. Charlotte's better than 0-2. Michael Mergen's Bears going off air today, guys. Can we just all salute the Bears because they took care of Brady and the Saints are back in it in the NFC South. Yeah, and with Brady forgetting what down it was, they're they're saying he might have early-onset dementia. It's time for Brady. You know, I was watching that last night, Kelly, and I don't understand why players like Tom Brady don't know when it's time to exit the stage when they're on top. But don't you kind of get the feeling maybe he's he's staying around a little too long? I just thought that if he had anything left, the Patriots would have kept it. I agree. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Eagle Hour, another week in the books. We've got a lot of great guests coming up next week. We hope you'll join us every afternoon at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.